0: are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis and celebration of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, James Bond takes on one of his most iconic villains in one of his most iconic adventures, 1964's Goldfinger. Hello again, everybody. It's episode five of the Bondazilla podcast. Yeah, it
1: was. It it was. It's interesting because when we were recording, well, when we uh, were watching in preparation for this episode, I. Also had a little bit of a hesitation where it's like, wait, what episode is this? Because it was like, oh, wait, what movie is this? And it's like, wait, what number movie is this? Wait, what Bond number movie is this? Yeah, it's going to get
0: really confusing when we get to like episode 23 and we're just like, is this what we we, last time was 22 or 21? Right. And are we on at which Bond, which Godzilla
1: movie are are we on? (laughs) It is episode five. Yes, I am, fifth. I am, uh, uh, man, I, I should have thought of like a phallic name uh, in uh, preparation for the day, for today's episodes. I am Penis Sam. <laughs> and, uh, and you must be dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I am Nick Tedesco. And I am Will. Yes. And we are uh, going to be uh, talking about uh, James Bond. Back to the old Bond, back to Spectre Island. No, not this time. Not this time. Not no, no, no. this time.
0: We're we are back to the James Bond franchise, though, with its third entry, one of its most famous entries. Getting back to basics. Getting back to Bondics.
1: Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little much. Uh, uh, but
0: I guess in in your spirit of uh, yes, <laughs> uh, uh, very interesting names.
1: Balsack, uh, Kraus. <laughs> My name is. My oh wait, hold on. I gotta think of a German accent. Come back. Keep, keep okay. Continue going. Uh, and then I'll, so I'll, 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 I'll interject.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, so we are on yes, the third Bond film, as I mentioned, one of the most famous of the Bond films, Goldfinger. 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 He's got one gold finger. <laughs> he doesn't really have any gold. And all of his other fingers are normal. Goldfinger.
1: Spoiler alerts, he's a character uh, in this film, in this movie called Goldfinger. This movie is his namesake, yes. which is always interesting uh, when you think of the Bond movies. Yeah. That It's a franchise where none of the movies are officially titled like James Bond and the Goldfinger. Yeah, no, or it, it really...
0: 007 meets Goldfinger mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, there was one film a long time ago that almost was like that, but uh, that's not for this discussion. That's a, that's a tease for another discussion. So Do anyway, so uh, this is the third uh, Bond movie. It is. Are so, you ready to get into the nitty gritty? I am ready to get into the nitty gritty of uh, of this one. All right. So we are here at the end of 1963. Mm-hmm. Uh, From Russia with Love has just released to a uh, great success and great fanfare. And it is now time for Eon Productions to head on into the next... Eon Productions, as we've debated. Yes, yes. Eon Productions heads into its next uh, big Bond adventure. So mm-hmm. what is that big Bond adventure going to be? Obviously, the answer is Goldfinger. Uh, the original intention was to continue the Spectre storyline with Thunderball. But as we'll talk about in the next episode... In the saga of Kevin McClory, there's a lot of uh, legal mumbo jumbo that happens. And who is
1: Kevin? Ke- Kevin. We'll, we'll find out. M- M- McClory. <laughs> It'd be funny if his name was Kevin Cauliflower. And it's like <laughs> the broccoli's and the cauliflowers have been. <laughs> have been,
0: have been I was been wondering like, where you were going with that joke. Yeah, because I was like, just like cauliflower. It's
1: this, it's this whole like lineage of ancestors fighting over the the rights to this legend of 007. the legend
0: Uh, of bond the cauliflowers and the broccoli so uh just we'll talk about it more with the thunderball episode which will be on the next time yeah uh but basically because of some lingo tangle ups with thunderball uh they decide to go with goldfinger which was the seventh book in the uh, bond book series Mm -hmm. and if you remember to our first episode it was the uh, book that got saltzman and uh, united artists involved as they read the book and they said oh this is pretty good we should buy these rights right uh Which makes for a very interesting going forward because um there is no mention of Specter in this movie uh there in fact there is really one little bit of continuity between the films in which Bond tells Felix Leiter, uh like haven't you know how haven't seen you since Jamaica basically you mm-hmm. know uh and it's kind of almost a foreshadowing of what the Bond franchise would become because uh, uh this is the only Connery film that does not involve Specter in mm-hmm. any means. Uh, but the rest of the bonds, as you probably know, uh, are very much more on individual adventures—the mm-hmm. villain of the week, as you as it were. So it's very interesting that in the middle of creating this franchise and coming off from Russia with Love, which was a very continuity-heavy film, that we kind of have we we take a step back and just go off on a a a separate, unique 007 adventure. So. I just thought I'd point that out because I, I I thought that was very interesting, especially doing the research, and I, I, I never really realized that because you kind of take for granted when you have the whole Bond franchise, right? And each one is kind of individual, but with how specific the Spectre stuff was, and From Rush with Love to Doctor No, mm-hmm. it's just an interesting choice that not even to re-edit the script to tie in with Gold uh, with well, Spectre I mean, at all.
1: I it's, it's not as uh, I, I mean, it's not as unprecedented, like you know, as we talked about. I mean, they started the whole series with Doctor No. Right. Yeah that's true. which is uh, completely out of the, that was the uh what the second or third book?
0: It was the it was the fifth book. It was the or, fifth or, book. The, so. the, no, sorry, the sixth yeah. book. And then with was the fifth book.
1: And then as we know and then when with from Russia with love came out there was a lot of uh um rejiggering of uh how do we get Spectre right. into and I this. don't think
0: they wanted I mean I mean, one of the things about this film is obviously from the last time they had all that script issues going into filming, right. they really wanted to solidify uh, the script right away right. so that they wouldn't have those issues as they <laughs> learned a lot from that last production. It
1: does kind of seem like – again, it's like one of those things where it's like imagine these movies coming out now and then it's like – because now with – we don't – Honestly, with retrospect, it's not even like, oh, it makes sense that they do that. It's just that we don't care, and mm-hmm. it, it like turned out whatever, and we're so far removed from it. If you imagine now, like you have a series of books, and then it's like, <laughs> you okay? Yeah, no, <laughs> you I'm... had a little bit of grumbling. I, I no, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I don't know what that was then. Um, but Ghosts. if you but if you imagine that. Um, like you do that now, it seems like such an overcomplicated like it's like, All right, we're gonna do this book first, but we wanna use Spectre. So we'll use this story, but we'll put Spectre in that. Right. And then it's like, well, but we don't wanna use Spectre now, so we'll do thi- we'll do this book mm-hmm. where it's just like, Why not just go through the you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's yeah, very so, interesting. It's very but, interesting. But today
0: so. there would be like an outrage for right. that. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Right when we when we start in the Bond cinematic universe, yeah, like, you exactly. Gotta, you
1: gotta... Why are you doing the death of Superman right now? <laughs> like, like <laughs> essentially, is what it would be. <laughs>
0: right. Um, uh, so, yeah. anyways. um one of the big notable things too about Goldfinger is that we have a director change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terence Young is involved with the earliest pre-production, but after the rough and tumble time he had, almost dying mm-hmm. on the previous film, <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, was looking for a little bit more uh, money and compensation. Uh, there was a you know arguments, and the deal couldn't be reached, and decided to take a break from the franchise and direct another film called The Amorous Adventures. Of Mall Flanders, mm-hmm. uh, and so we uh, go to a new director, uh, another director who will direct a couple films in the Bond franchise, Guy Hamilton. Guy Hamilton. Guy Hamilton. He was uh, actually offered a Dr. No and turned it down, and when he was offered uh, Goldfinger, he decided he was not going to turn it down, not gonna you know miss an opportunity to be on this Bond train. Uh, He did have a pedigree going in. He was the assistant director on films such as The African Queen Mm -hmm. and uh, The Third Man with Orson Welles, and he had become a big British director uh, during the period of time before Goldfinger, so he was kind of a big get- uh in terms of a new director he has a very interesting view on bond he started to view bond as a superman (laughs) a it's like because he was blind (laughs) Uh, he 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 view bond as a a superman for the new age essentially and and okay um he uh really tries to amp up the humor and kind of the silliness of it all when talking about the opening uh The opening scene, he talks about it as if we can get the audience invested in this, quote, wonderful piece of nonsense, then we can tell them, hey, let's have fun. Let's go for a ride. Right. He also said that when you have a film like this where you have a Mr. Big who wants to take all the gold and and rule the world and all that sort of stuff, you have to take that with a grain of salt. You have to take it with, you know, just as it is, as the adventure. So if you're going to have fun with it and kind of make it silly and make it fun, uh, then the audience can have a good time. Right. Uh, and part so of the th-
1: original, we did not make this for the critics. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, that's a good. That's a good call, Will. Yeah. Uh, in terms of his humor, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, in terms of building up that silliness and building up that humor dynamic, one of his biggest contributions actually is the development of the Q character. Uh, this is our introduction in the film to the Q Labs, mm-hmm. and uh, when they were getting ready to film the scene, uh, uh, Desmond Leland, Q. Uh, was going to play it much like he did in the first film, just kind of straight-laced, just giving Bond the right, gadget. Right. And Guy Hamilton direct, uh, suggested the direction that, hey, no, you don't like this guy. And Desmond is was like, well, he's Bond. Like, Q, I Q, doesn't, like Bond. Right. Q yeah. doesn't like Bond. Q doesn't like Bond. And Desmond's like, but I have to like Bond. He's Bond. He's the guy. He's like, Guy Hamilton's like, no, he does not respect your gadgets. He never <laughs> returns them to you. He doesn't appreciate all your hard work. So you have to, you have to give him, you know, you have to treat him like a child. You know, you have to say, please bring this back. And right, so yeah. that scene is one of the defining elements of the Bond series going forward. And that relationship and the way they play with it uh, really kind of endears the Bond franchise and those characters to a lot of people.
1: Which again is not as, I mean, well, I mean, I guess Bond has friends. I'd be hard pressed to say that anybody like likes Bond. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> Like for like the only thing is just uh like
0: no Felix and him tend to be uh, on top he, of things. I think I think Felix
1: I don't know. I think he's just like I mean, he's fine because he's from America. Felix is from America so he doesn't have to deal with bond a lot. So right. he's kind of like so international. So it's just like every coworker. every once in a while yeah. like he's just he like He doesn't the, mind.
0: Like the guy from college that like you, you know you get together with like Like if they every were roommates month. they would yeah. hate each other. Exactly. Like you know that sort of thing. Right. Uh <laughs> Q's lab are are also uh the introduction to probably the film's next biggest star, the Aston Martin DB5. Uh, Obviously, in the previous films uh, and in the books, Bond uses his Bentley, uh, but this time, part of the thing about Goldfinger is the the franchise was getting more popular. They decided to up the product placement and and the deals and stuff like that, and so they made a deal uh, to kind of modernize the Bentley and put this new, Aston Martin DB5 mm-hmm. into the film uh, Aston Martin actually loaned their production models of uh, their pre-production models of the car so that the filmmakers could study it and be ready to uh, get actual cars to use for the film and most of the effects that you see on the car are were actually uh, practical on the car itself they used two cars one for just driving and one as the gadget car mm-hmm. and uh, so you know the the machine guns coming out and the uh, um, the oil slick, all that stuff was done practically, adding it to the car for those stunt scenes. Uh, mostly, only the kind of the wheel things. What do you? I don't know what do you call them. It, they're like the spikes that the like spikes come out of, come the, out of the, uh, the wheels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're done in studio. And the ejector seat wasn't an actual ejector seat, but they did actually have pressurized air come up from the gadget car to eject mm-hmm. uh, a dummy out of the hole in the roof. And what's really interesting, especially considering modern film budgets were or film budgets where you know you don't want to do anything more than you have to, right? Uh, the car also included a lot of gadgets that didn't make it into the film, right? Uh, like they had a uh, basically a nail, you know, laying nails out at the back of the car. There was an extra gun compartment that kind of came out, and a radio transmitter. Uh, so it was very interesting because this film, um, I didn't mention this before. This had a three million dollar budget, mm-hmm. which is m- equal to the previous two films combined so united artists was definitely more happy with how the franchise was going and so this could afford the bond filmmakers just carte blanche to do whatever the whatever they wanted to do they have
1: cate blanchett with the budget uh yes uh (laughs) but it's funny even though like this movie does kind of like delve into the like,
0: let's show off money here. Yeah. <laughs> in this um, way. <laughs> the ejector seat actually came from a reshoot, too, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, reshoots. Reshoots! No! Um, because <laughs> it was uh, suggested by uh, Guy Hamilton's stepson that they have an ejector seat in the car. Right. So they called Desmond Leland in for that scene uh, to reshoot the scene so they could include it. And that's where basically one of Q's most famous lines comes from, which is, I never joke my wor- about my work, mm-hmm. Mr. Bond.
1: See, for me, it's always the... Uh, uh, Well, it's not necessarily the line, but please bring back the equipment in one piece. Yes. uh, Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond. Or 007.
0: So now, let's just talk about, very quickly, uh, as we get forward, the the cast of characters. Okay. Uh, Because it is a generally smoother production.
1: James Bond's in it. Yes. Okay.
0: So, generally smoother production. So, there's not as many cool production stories as there was with Dr. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, With both Dr. No and with From Russia With Love. No more tragic deaths. Okay, good. Uh, Except, I will mention... (laughs) Uh, no, I, I, mentioned, I, men- <laughs> I mentioned that Ian Fleming died after From Rush With Love. He did actually get the visit to visit the set of Goldfinger, okay, but cool. never saw the completed film. Cool. Okay. Uh, so uh, first of all, we have Goldfinger himself, mm-hmm. uh, Gert Froby, a, a German actor whom uh, Saltzman and Broccoli and Hamilton saw in a movie called uh, It Happened in Broad Daylight, where he plays a uh, child serial or a... Serial killer of children, mm-hmm. and they said this is our Goldfinger. They contacted <laughs> What was wrong with child serial killer? <laughs> uh, no, I said nothing wrong with it. It's a, I prefer to be called a serial killer of children. Well, no, no, no. Thank I, you. I, I, I MD. I, no, because what was I? When I said child serial killer, it made it sound like he was a child who was killing <laughs> Fair people. Fair enough. Okay. All so right. I didn't want to make it seem like, oh, they saw him in this really young movie and then he appeared on set and he was. Just, uh. <laughs> that kid's going places. So basically, it's to jail. they, they okay. contacted his agent and asked if Gert could speak English. Mm-hmm. And the agent said, sure, he does. <laughs> and uh, he arrived the set. And while he he had some English phrases that he could say, mm-hmm. he definitely struggled with it, especially with his very heavy accent. Uh, So they did decide at the end of the day to uh, have him dubbed by uh, stage actor Michael Collins. Very similar to Mickey Vandersil in in, uh, Dr. No with Honey Rider. Not necessarily doing a new voice, but just basically making uh, a similar voice that the audience can just more understand. Okay. Uh, Although you can hear uh, Gert's actual voice at some points in the movie, like when he yells, except crime, Mm -hmm. at that scene and that sort of stuff. Uh, That's more of his voice. So you can kind of see how they kind of balanced it out uh another big uh, addition to the film honor blackman as uh the aptly named <laughs> now
1: first of all you you come in your name's honor blackman so you already have like a weird name so it's like you know your we- your name can't get any more absurd and you know for for the bond fans listening they already know what's coming right that's coming yeah
0: uh well, what's funny about honor is that <laughs> It is really kind of strange to say. What's funny about Honor is that she's probably the biggest name to join the franchise up to that point. Because obviously now Connery's the biggest star and a lot of people in the film are the biggest star, but... uh Honor Blackman was uh, very famous in Britain for her role on the TV series The Avengers, oh, not, right, the yeah. not the superhero franchise, yeah. uh, though she could have made a cool Black Widow or a cool uh, Carol Danvers at one point, right, I think. Right, right. Uh, but the spy uh, TV series uh, that kind of popped up around all this Bond mania. So she was a pretty big name in, uh, in a, uh, Europe at the time. And they actually wrote the part for her because they uh, interp- or, uh, they integrated her judo knowledge into uh, into the film. So, but we haven't really mentioned who she's <laughs> we, playing. We didn't mention her, that her name is Pussy Galore. And her name <laughs> is indeed uh, Pussy Galore. <laughs> now, there was some talk at United Artists. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> uh, of changing her name to uh, Kitty Galore. Okay, right. Uh, which would end up being used in the sequel to cats, <laughs> cats and Dogs. <laughs> uh, but Hamilton was very adamant that he wanted it to be pussy. <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: I was drinking water. Um, <laughs> this is how mature we are. Uh, I have a quote from... I he remember, really remember. wanted it to Hamilton be pussy. Talks, <laughs> I
0: have a lot of other... Uh, Talk or a quote from Hamilton. I'm an auteur, damn it. It has to be, he, be pussy. Uh, he said, quote, and there's some salty language in this one, folks. So, <laughs> Be careful. There's some so. salty
1: pussy in this one.
0: <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be a weird go, episode. Go. What uh, is it? So he said... um if you were a 10-year-old boy and you knew what that name meant, you weren't a 10-year-old boy. You were a dirty little bitch. Whoa! <laughs> he said, there were some issues with the censors, but we took uh, the main censor out to dinner with his wife and told him we were big fans of the Republican Party, and everything settled out. So, uh, But in the marketing, they uh, the marketing uh, refused to use the name Pussy Galore. Right. So in marketing, she was either known as Miss Galore or Mr. Goldfinger's personal pilot,
1: <laughs> uh, or call her PG.
0: But there's nothing PG about this name. That children, would have been interesting because you know the rating system hadn't been invented. I, yet.
1: I love. Learning about all this stuff because this this definitely highlights uh, a lot
0: of clarification on yeah. the movie itself. Uh, then we have Ajab, yeah, uh, Harold. Sakata. Yes, Ajab, yeah. Ajab. is a Harold Sakata. He was a uh, former uh, Hawaiian Olympian. Was the first Hawaiian to uh, win the silver medal in the Olympics. Uh, and at the time of uh, Goldfinger's production, he was a professional wrestler, starting the uh, long history of the Bond franchise and using professional wrestlers in their films uh guy hamilton saw him on tv where he was heavily booed and because uh, he was a heel a bad guy wrestler and just the look and mm-hmm. the body and just everything worked out about him though uh he's got a shit-eating grin yes. that i don't like uh i mean he would his career was made from this because he would uh be odd job in a bunch of commercials and parodies right. and stuff, i can imagine and uh but he did have i a mean l- it's really like him and like jaws are like the big like the big henchmen, henchmen yeah, yeah. Uh, He did have a little issue getting used to doing film uh, when he knocked out uh, James Bond with the karate chop before he, uh, you know, before the famous gold scene. Right. Um, He hit Bond really hard or he hit Connery really hard and uh, injured him, uh, you know, because in wrestling, wrestling's fake. Spoiler alert. uh, But they still don't pull their punches. It's still. (laughs) But Bond is real. But Bond is the real (laughs) thing. And then also when they are filming at the gold uh, gold depositories at Fort Knox, and he is death scene where he uh, has the um, the bowler, the bowler hat in it and all the fireworks explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he burned his hand because nice. the fireworks hit it, but he didn't let go because Hamilton didn't yell cut, <laughs> and because uh, Hamilton's like, oh, this looks pretty good, this looks pretty <laughs> good. Uh, so then you have uh, Shirley Eaton as Jill Masterson, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, is the iconic image of the film as the gold painted. A uh, woman who dies right. uh, near the beginning uh there's always been a myth around the movie that she actually died due to skin <laughs> suffocation uh but that is not true because yeah. <laughs> uh sk- first of all skin suffocation uh, suffocation does not exist as a death mm-hmm. uh, you can't die because the skin can't breathe because you breathe out of your mouth and your nose dude uh but there was a doctor on set at times because you could have overheating Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but she is alive and well. Uh, she's still alive, I believe. So you can look her up. She <laughs> That'd is be still funny. Alive. It's like many years later, she did die yeah. of painting herself in gold. Uh, of course. Um, <laughs> so Felix Leiter comes back, and it's not Jack Lord as was in. Yeah, Doctor I was gonna no. say. I thought that they re They had recast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a Sec Linder in this movie. So, yeah. uh, according to uh, some of the production people on, uh, uh, Goldfinger, uh, Jack was contacted to come back. Uh, But he demanded uh, second billing and a a contract that almost matched Connery's. And there was no way he was going to get that. (laughs) So he was recast. (laughs) What's funny about Jack Lord is that he has a history of this. Because a couple years later, he was contacted to uh, play Captain Kirk in uh, the Star Trek TV series and demanded to be an executive producer and uh, have 50% of the credit (laughs) in the uh, opening credits basically like basically so um he would eventually go on a hawaii 50 the original series and i guess he turned out all right but uh he definitely was looking to make his name uh (laughs) in the franchise uh just a couple last uh, little bits uh before we move on uh this is the return of ken adam as the production designer and this is very much you know where he establishes the bond setting formula you know you have goldfinger's rumpus room which you know has all these things that move and come up <laughs> and down this room uh, that what that's what it? they called it in like the behind oh, okay, the scenes so, r- okay so like where they you know where he does his presentation like a game month. room like what yeah. like what it
1: yeah of rumpus yeah it's like what an old mean
0: it's an old-fashioned name for basically like a pool table room like just like a, a room where you'd have a rumpus I, okay. Uh, and maybe
1: I'm not rich or white enough to know what a rumpus no. is.
0: Um so but, but it's the room where they play pool all the gangsters see the presentation. Yeah, like I said, no, I'm not like, rich you know, or white it, enough to know it's, what this is. <laughs> it's um you know, it's it's a kind of defining of the Bond villain yeah. you know, layer. I, I, I get what you mean, yeah. And okay. it's like all the things that move mm-hmm. up and down. Uh also the gold depository at Fort Knox, uh which was very interesting because Fort Knox is is, is as is said in the film, one of the most heavily guarded places on earth. And uh, the production was not allowed inside, but thanks to JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy. <laughs> uh, Robert th- K. <laughs> yeah, RFK. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, he, they were able to take a tour outside, basically, and film a little bit around the Fort Knox area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Kennedy... His love for the Bond franchise definitely pays off again, right? For well, them. that's
1: true. I mean, Fort doesn't Fort Knox kind of always sound like one of those things that like, like it, like you wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't real. Like it's clearly real, yeah. But it's been like it's been just it's been uh, like uh, the center point of so much fiction that you're like this can't it can't be this real or important. That's what yeah. I always think about Fort Knox. So, uh,
0: but basically, they couldn't go inside because nobody goes inside Fort Knox. So Ken Adam came up with, uh, un- under broccoli, suggestion kind of the a cathedral of gold, mm-hmm. uh, and and Ken Adam was very much. Uh, having fun when he came up with these layers of gold, which is probably not what it looks like. Y- yeah. Well,
1: that's kind of what I mean. It's yeah. like, because when you hear about Fort Knox, like you go in and you see the image in this movie and, where it's yeah. just like bars of bars and gold. piles of gold. Like it's like Scrooge McDuck's, uh, like yeah. one of his yeah. uh, off-branch uh, banks. But Yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, actually at the end, after production, after the film came out, uh, the Fort Knox actually sent a letter to Eon Productions uh, complimenting them on their imaginative interpretation of the vaults. And finally, there's The Laser Room, which is, you know, one of the all time rooms. It was actually the first time a laser had ever appeared in film. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Really? It, yeah. In the original book, it was
1: a buzzsaw. Hmm. Um, I want to check. I, wa- I, wa- I want a footnote on that source. The right. first laser ever in a, in a movie. Yeah. What about
0: Laser Heads on Planet X? The I'm sure. The 50s ant movie. I don't know. <laughs> um in the original book, it was a buzzsaw, You're right? But that was at that time cliche, so they decided okay. to update it to the laser. So how they did it was um, they actually had gotten a real laser, but the problem was when they turned on the studio lighting, you couldn't see the laser. So they were gonna optically in- do the effect later. So they had a blowtorch underneath the table to simulate mm. okay. uh, the burning, which uh, of the gold brick, which is actually a wood piece of wood painted gold. Right. Movie magic, folks. Yeah. Uh, There was one last minute production thing that they had to do because they, again, it was a very solid production, but they did have like a month ago in the film and needed to uh, do some Fort Knox, the the scenes of everybody pretending to die or dying at Fort Knox. So they showed up to Fort Knox unannounced and uh, the surrounding military base is there and basically promised all the soldiers that helped 10 bucks and a beer if they would just go around and fall over right. and pretend yes. to die. So y- yeah. I don't think that's union pay, yeah. uh, but it seemed like everybody was having a good time. Still on the taxpayer's dollar. Still on the taxpayer's <laughs> dollar. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then uh, they did uh, get permission from the Air Force to shoot uh, the planes that would simulate the uh, her uh, pussy's flying <laughs> circus. Um, but the Army said that you can only fly over 3,000 feet. Right. And Hamilton tried to shoot that and it was like impossible to see. Mm -hmm. So he told them to fly to 500 feet, Mm -hmm. in which case the military went absolutely bonkers. (laughs) But they got the shot. Okay. They got the shot. And uh, they finished up the film just about a month before release on uh, September 17th in the United Kingdom. And that
1: is Goldfinger, the, the feature length film, the making of.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk about this movie. All right, let's go. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. All right,
1: and we're back. Are we? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, here we are. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about Goldfinger, directed by Guy, Guy Hamilton. Hamilton. Mr. Guy Hamilton did not want to turn away the Bond franchise. Uh,
0: for, that was off the cuff, I assume? Yeah. Because that was very good for being off the cuff.
1: <laughs> Guy's a good name. It is a good name. You know what is good? Probably another Bond
0: movie. <laughs> Ooh, hot take. Hot take from Mr. Ford Conway here. I'll be interested to talk okay, about this well, one.
1: Here, I wanna go so going into it. So like what what is your 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 overall kind of like uh, thoughts on the movie? What's funny
0: is that this is probably the Bond movie that I've seen the most.
1: Yeah, you were very you were very much looking forward to getting to this one. Yeah, yeah. it's it's Goldfinger. Yeah. It's
0: it's one of the all-time classics according to most people.
1: This is definitely a classic Bond movie. I'm not sure I quite dug this as much. A- definitely not as much as Russia with Love, and I'm a little maybe as I talk about it, I'll be able to kind of like solidify solidify where it stands within the uh with within what we've seen thus far. But I was definitely not quite as enamored uh with it uh um this one. So it it'll, it'll be, be very interesting. It'll be, to talk it'll be about. very interesting. Well, uh you know so. Goldfinger uh I mean like when going down it
0: opens up on a cold mission uh which is which is a big cuz the last time we had that cold open yeah. but it was very much related to uh the film that followed and it didn't really actually even have bond in yeah. it. I would actually say like the first like uh act
1: of this movie like maybe the first 15 maybe even first 20 minutes like i really really liked uh but he goes on this cold mission where he has to explode all these uh giant these uh labs and these cooling towers and uh you get some cool stuff you get the bird hat bird hat you get you get get bird hat where he's like where he's like swimming in like the swamp and he's got like a little bird on his helmet so Mm -hmm. he's so he's got a little bird hat he's got a grappling hook it's like when all that stuff was happening, I was like, oh, this is awesome. He's got a grappling hook. He's got gadgets.
0: He's got a bird hat. Classic Bond in his bird hat. He's got a, a tuxedo under his wetsuit.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was like, yes, here we go. This is the Bond. And especially he's got a little flower, too, to put in to put in his pocket. Um so he goes on. He goes on his cold open uh, mission, uh, succeeds in exploding the towers. But I did think it was funny. Is like he goes on this mission, puts on all like the explosives, just hops over the fence, and then it's like, "Hey, it's a party time at a bar." <laughs> like well, that's, Bond that's, always that's, knows yeah. how to land in a party somewhere. It's his cover,
0: you know. That's his. That's where he's where he's supposed to be. Uh, and then, uh, and
1: then, of course, and the only reason I'm, I'm speeding through this part because. This is what you know about Bond. Then, of course, as soon as he's done that, you know, there's a belly dancer that I guess he's been sleeping with during his time there. So he goes off to bang and then he's like, he goes and finds her coming out of the shower or whatever. whatever. And then they're about to bang. And then he's almost killed by this guy who's waiting in the room for him is able to circumvent the, the assassination because he sees the reflection of the guy in the chick's eye. And I was like, Oh my God, this is great. And then it proceeds into a pretty, a pretty fun fight into what may be, the best Bond kill I have seen, personally, where he knocks the dude into the tub, and when the guy's about to get out of the tub, or he's about to... He's he about get, to
0: reach, reaching for he's his reaches gun. He's reaching
1: for his gun, and Bond just like, oh, oh, and just slaps, uh, like, a toaster or something, or, or a radio, like, slaps it, and the way he slaps it is just like a... This is weird flip and slap, slaps it into the tub and electrocutes the guy. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is Bond. It's like, it's so much of like, you know, the the gadgets, the adventure, the girls, the murder. Like It's, it's like, very oh much God. like the
0: definitive Bond cold open. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, yeah. it really does uh, set the tone for what the franchise is and what it will become in the next couple of years. Just a funny note about the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, they had they hired a guy to to be the guy who sneaks behind Bond, uh, but they didn't know that he was a active cat burglar, and he got arrested the day before they had <laughs> to shoot the scene. So they just had to get one of the stuntmen and quickly redo right. the practice right. of the fight. To, to I mean get that, that, in. that
1: that is one of the things, and I mean w- we see it throughout this movie. Is that I do think that there is a level of entertainment that the fights continue to have. As mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it quite gets to the same. Uh, intensity because the first the fight with uh replicant in uh in from russia with love yeah. is like so unique because of the space
0: that it's in. it's so i mean yeah it's, but, i mean it's, it's hard to top that fight I, but, yeah but i, I these, said the last time we were i'm a huge fan of that it's hard to top that right and but, but i do
1: think that this movie continues to at least make uh those fight scenes entertaining um, yeah. and at, like and I was invested in whenever one was going on mm-hmm. um, so that's the cold open and then we finally get our uh, we finally get our first uh, our
0: first Bond song our opening Bond song we did have a Bond song last time which was the closing credit song right uh, but this one is our first debut of the classic Bond song right and in the opening it's Goldfinger mm-hmm. by uh, performed by Shirley Bassey mm-hmm. um, just a classic absolute like what you think i I agree it's it's just a a classic and it also starts another bond tradition that again started with from rush with love but it's more apparent here which is the use of the song in the score throughout the movie right Uh, something that john barry really brings john barry did the score again he you know he did the scores of the previous films uh and he said this was the first time he felt he really free to do what he wanted with Mm -hmm. the score because uh, the first time, obviously, he just did the score and they popped it in, as we mentioned. And then the second, the next time, yeah. like you have the "From Russia with Love" suite, uh, that kind of pops in now, which is a very good score. But the score of this movie is so good. Yeah, and, no, uh, I mean, it's and definitely. I think like it starts with that song, and that song with the with the images of the gold, the gold woman.
1: I do like how it's just like last time, where it's just like let's just project the names and faces onto women, except yeah. this time they're gold.
0: Right, and and. Uh it's funny cuz it takes footage from all 3 Bond movies uh so far uh in the oh, I didn't even notice that. so it's kind yeah. of like here we are we're going to the next one uh you can kind of tell if you watch it again because you can clearly see the helicopter that almost decapitates sean connery uh from russia with love in, in that in that yeah. sequence <laughs> uh but it's just it's just a fun song to listen to no and, and, no and just, I mean, she belts out that performance it's definitely
1: like, deserving of its uh ranking in and
0: yeah. bond songs it's, yeah it's it's always ranked at one of the top bond songs ever
1: yeah it um so it so then we open up uh i think are they in miami they're in Miami. so basically yeah, yeah so re- bond really bon- cool like uh like resort looking places yeah, so yeah like, it's just a bond
0: is uh, basically quote unquote rewarded from his previous mission by having a little yeah. vacation in Miami yeah
1: um uh, and then so we get to see the return of Felix uh, which is uh, the american um, agent
0: coming in much older looking yeah Felix. yeah he
1: was very he was he was much older um and then we we're also introduced to what will uh, continue what will be a litany of just idiot females. uh, And I'm not saying that because they're females. I'm saying that because they're idiots uh, (laughs) in this movie. And that's the way the movie portrayed them. because then it's like, as we were saying, it's like, oh, we get classic Vaughn. And what could be more classic than... He's saying the the woman gets up and then or the masseuse, the masseuse, the masseuse gets up. Who's and then actually
0: she's like, just to, just to say this? The you mas- can't
1: you can't avoid you can't avoid no, 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 the no, misogyny no. much longer. No, no no, it's
0: I'm not <laughs> mis- avoiding. I'm just saying the masseuse <laughs> is actually the girl from the opening credits. Oh, is it? Okay, that, that that's the girl that they used and they gave her that very small part as a kind of thank
1: you. So you know he's he he you know Bond is like oh how's it going? Introduce yourself and then I forget she says she says something and then. He he just smacks her on the butt. He's like, here, man talk. <laughs> and then just like ushers her away. And I'm like, yep, here we go. Mm. just like always two one step forward two, two steps, steps back, back. <laughs> yeah um so then mm-hmm. we are uh so that happens um we're, then we're, we're introduced to, to um goldfinger Goldfinger in, in probably the best villain introduction of cinema history and by that i mean not at all where
0: is he he's <laughs> right over there
1: yeah <laughs> He's just like, like, literally, that's how it is. It's like, this literally, is the
0: villain of the movie. Felix is, uh, Felix is just telling, like, hey, I just got a call from M. Uh, we want you to keep an eye on, uh, on this Goldfinger dude. Yeah. And it's like, it like, like, well, where is she? And he's like, oh, well, he's right over there. And he's just which, coming down into the, to the pool area. Which, which could be are. played
1: for laughs, but it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's here. <laughs> like, right. <it's, laughs> didn't you know?
0: Um, but so, maybe it plays into the fact that, you know, For as big of a personality he is, he's almost unassuming. Like, you wouldn't think that this man has world domination plans.
1: So, okay. So, I guess I should get my thoughts about... I think Goldfinger is, like... Like, you don't... I, I can't tell if he's, like, a good, like, villain or not. Because he kind of has that. Pre- well, first of all, he looks like a giant gold Humpty Dumpty half of the time. Is,
0: is is pretty big and cuddly.
1: yeah, he just he's basically like you know if they were trying to make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, like then he would have probably been Eggman. Right. Like, if we time
0: traveled yeah. and introduced the concept of <laughs> Sonic into
1: the sixties, that's all I could imagine is like oh, it's like Eggman over here. It is a giant gold egg, and he and his. His presence is like there's certain scenes where it's like, Oh, he's great, he has some great lines and he definitely like when he's talking about his plan and everything, it works. But then there's other times where you think like he you, he does feel like the villain where there's another person above him. Like it, it just kinda seems it, it's like almost like, you know, they kind of make him a normal guy. Yeah almost. But I I feel like that's almost to the detriment of it where he kind of it takes away a lot of the threat level that i that you know I i'm on
0: i'm on more of the side that i think goldfinger is one of the one of the all-time classics yeah. and, and, and a great villain i think partially because he's definitely my
1: least favorite that i've seen thus far very I think. interesting Very yeah. interesting
0: no i i, I think that I, I he's very much like even more so than the from russia with love villains inspector mm-hmm. he he's that guy who is one step ahead like he's the villain who thinks of basically every little conceivable bit that could derail his plan right and basically kind of gets rid of it and and he is someone who like you know he he does have bond beat essentially yeah and and, and, and that's where and, it's like in it any goes. case any chance that bond has right goldfinger is either a step ahead or he can uh alter the deal right. to pray he doesn't alter hit, it any, any further, further. Yeah. Uh, he can alter the deal to make it so he's still on the winning side as, as he as Jill Masters said he doesn't like to lose right. and I, that's one of the things I really like about Goldfinger is his drive as a villain to really just succeed right? even up until the end right and I,
1: I think that and I and I get what they were kind of going for where they kind of like he. that's why I'm of two minds about it where they kind of make him like almost a little on the edge of like kind of like goofy like a like an appearance but then it's like oh but then he comes back by painting a chick gold and killing her like so i and i and i get that but it's like i I thought there could have been a little bit more Mm -hmm. weight to him as as a person well you know no pun intended (laughs) um that was a fat joke (laughs) um yeah and then yeah yeah so so then bond breaks into goldfinger's room because he's uh, cheating at cards. Yeah, uh, which is... Uh, well, I, I was going to mention here that the maid is also an idiot, because oh, she's right. just, he, Bond just takes the key from her, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, that's Mr. Goldfinger's room, and he's like, I know, and, and
0: it's like, dude, you're going to get fired, what are you doing? He, he thanks her, though, I think. I
1: guess, yeah, and then, uh, so he goes, and then, what's her name, Jill... Jill Masters Jill Masters who's also an Jill idiot. Jill Masterson. M- Masterson, who's also an idiot, because, you know, she's just very clear, like... I understand that she's in a position where Bond just kind of like corners her, and then and then James does like this whole like she's helping him uh, Goldfinger cheat at cards, and then Bond intercepts that, and then makes uh, Goldfinger lose. And then I was like, which on one hand is kind of a neat device for the two for the hero and villain to meet. Like mm-hmm. I did like that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I then just, also at the same time, and, and,
0: and it just starts the. The, their cat and mouse. As, right. I, I use that word a lot, but it really is. It starts their kind of rivalry in mm-hmm. a really good way where it's like Bond gets the upper hand and Goldfinger's not going to stand for that. Right. And then at the same time, I was also like, oh, well, she's definitely dead. <laughs>
1: like, there's no way she's yeah. walking out of this one alive. Um, and then and then we get the famous shot of uh, her, uh, um, you know, they have a night together and then Bond Gets up, which is actually like mean, we get, kind of get a little bit of a hint at Odd Job because Odd Job, like you know, yeah. Karate Chops Bond, and there's a silhouette. Odd Job gets a better introduction, introduction than, than <laughs> Goldfinger does, yeah. like this cool. And then Bond wakes up, and then uh, finds she her dead. finds her dead. And, Only uh, after
0: he insulted the Beatles. With gold. Yes, I do remember that because <laughs> he says, uh, he says, uh, "Oh, you can't drink uh, Don Perignon champagne any uh, colder than a." Uh, Uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, that's like trying to listen to The Beatles without earmuffs. (laughs) Oh, ooh, Bond. Which is really funny because Eon Productions turned down the chance to make uh, Hard Day's Night, uh, (laughs) which would be a huge success for United Artists in another sense, uh, because they said, why have The Beatles when you have Bob Hope? And that is why they only made Bond movies after uh, their failed production of Call Me Wanna. Right. Um, So she
1: gets gold fingered. Uh, I did forget to mention that Bond introduces himself. And then, Jesus Christ, we're introduced. Bond comes in. He's like, she's like, who are you? And then we hear like, my name's Bond, James Bond. And it's like, the the.
0: Just comes out of nowhere. It's awesome, though. It's so awesome. He's just like he's looking off into the, you know, the hotel like Bond, James Bond. It's mm-hmm. it's so he's so, so cool.
1: So so she gets Goldfinger, then he goes back to MI6, and I love he's talking to M, and then and then Bond's like, I think I know who did this, and then and then M's like, Don't make this personal, Bond. Like what? Why would he? Why would he be making this personal? He I just he meant killed to, an he, innocent. I guess, yeah. Well, yeah, she wasn't innocent. She was working with him. Yeah, I guess, but <laughs> like
0: he, he, she didn't deserve to die in his she, eyes. She did
1: not deserve. Well, I don't think she deserved to die. Um. Uh, yeah. going, going through some other stuff. She was gold fingered. Uh, don't make this personal. Um, at one point, Money Penny throws the hat on the rack. This yes. time three again, three for three. This so, time, <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Um, then we were introduced to Q branch, as we said, and this is what I loved about it. We were introduced to the Aston Martin, the, some of the homing beacons. One of the nice little touches I liked about this, though, is as he's like talking about this is all the stuff the car can do, uh, and then Bond's like, "No, it can't. You might." It's like it's like you you've got to be kidding me. me it's like. Me, Injector sheet? You're joking. Yeah, exactly. And I just loved. I don't know why that little touch kind of made it because no, it kind of, as I said, it adds a little yeah. bit more personality. And it's like, like as goofy as this can be, there are those little personal touches that prevent it from being completely one dimensional. And I like. You it. know, it's
0: like it's just it's because I, I mean we were talking about a little bit going in the in the pre production stuff, but really is like one of the hearts of the Bond franchise is the Q and Bond relationship, and it's really. Weirdly enough, because you know, Kew only has these. I mean, most of the movies has these very minor bits, right? And in, in very few of the movies does he have like an extended supporting role. But their heart to hearts and and their discussions about the gadgets, uh, especially as the series goes on, and those kind of get a little more meta, even. Right. Uh, they they are like the heart and soul of what the Bond franchise is, and mm-hmm. to, so to see it kind of begin here in in a very classic and great scene between the two, right. and and. It is for for being kind of surprised at the direction. Uh, Desmond Leland does an amazing job at portraying He's good. He's good. Uh, that kind of annoyance with Bond and it only gets better with time so it's it's a really great addition to the franchise so I'm very excited for that going forward uh, uh, and so uh, then Bond oh there's a huge golf scene there's a huge golf scene <laughs> in, which, uh,
1: Bond, in which they have like this really petty I don't want to get too much into that but it's like there's like it's basically know. the it's the undercover Bond getting to know Goldfinger scene yeah. but then it's also kind of like you know Bond kind of screwing with Goldfinger a little bit by switching right, he, out he, his golf ball, he wins
0: again. Yeah, and it's two for two for Bond, and now uh, Goldfinger uh, will not stand for it. I've 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 been a big fan of that scene. Uh, I, it kind of demonstrates sort of the again that dynamic between the two that I really like. It's mm-hmm. like they're always trying to one step the other, outstep the other, and again Bond comes out high again, but Goldfinger makes it clear that he uh, will not stand to lose a third time Mm -hmm. and he demonstrates odd job in an awesome little bit like odd job uses his hat for the first time and and you know what so he uses his hat
1: this time and it's like kind of like oh cool he uses his hat even though it is kind of dumb um because it's like him throwing his hat like it's a shuriken like some, like a like a like a deadly frisbee and then that's kind of cool to see but uh it actually comes up a little bit later because bond finds out that uh jill uh had a sister who's trying to assassinate goldfinger in which it's another idiot character another idiot female character in the movie who does it like at one point like bond like has her and she's like what are you trying to do and then she's like i'm trying to kill goldfinger i was like what are you acting what are you what are you doing? <laughs> like what are you trying to uh, Like she's just writhing on the ground like it's like the gr- what on the, earth? the woman
0: who played Tilly uh, yeah. this was her only film role. Yeah, I can I yeah. <laughs> so i don't know i i don't i i i I kind of i don't know i kind of like that oh that stood out to
1: me like i was like oh what is going on and then it's like i've never seen like so many female characters just barely register in like the grand scope of the movie because again like you know then pussy galore comes up and i i would say like she is more of like the presence of the movie right and
0: it's just all these other females are just so disposable there's there's a little bit before we get the the pussy galore um Uh, just a little bit the car chase
1: Uh, uh scene uh is i is actually a lot of fun i think all like the it, car antics are pretty you know it's funny
0: it's like because we mentioned it's it, it i was thinking about it just even from our previous episodes it, it really is funny to see how far we've already come from the the car chase and dr no yeah to here which is this the aston martin scene is you know it's it's just use the using the gadgets uh the car coming off the cliff and exploding tremendously uh, the bond getting captured and then using the ejector seat and then yeah. you know getting which ca- the
1: ejector seat could have gotten a little bit more air but I will still accept sure. it yeah so Ajab kills uh, Ajab kills her with a hat which was the first time I was like okay that hat is awesome yeah because he just like throws it across the forest it hits her in the neck and she's right. out um, so that's good uh, then we get a- the classic torture scene. Um, and then we get the famous line uh which is I've already put in this episode what do you expect me to talk
0: No I expect you to die No Mr Bond I expect you to die and it,
1: and, and it's great
0: um and and I that I think that scene's very well directed in my opinion just in terms of it is it, 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 in, in in
1: grabbing the tension because again it's it, the perfect like torch bond torture scene yeah, cuz it's think. like yeah. again
0: like with these films it's like you know bond's going to escape but it's like very much like getting that like how is he going to do it? How is he going to really manipulate Goldfinger into letting him go? Right, yeah. And I think that they do a good job of kind of, you know, cutting into the close-ups and everything of mm-hmm. of the fl- of the uh, laser well, and the flame yeah. and everything like and that. I think, I think like, that it, 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 it really, you know, kind of demonstrates kind of what all the other, as we call Bond torture, Bond captured mm-hmm. scenes tried to emulate. And well, it, it's well, a really good really good scene. While we're on that subject,
1: I mean, what I did like about the movie was like I think that they did a really good job of like explaining the mechanics of what the villain plan was. So it's like, you know, it, it's funny for a movie like this that probably harbors a lot of stuff that will soon become like things that we make fun of and like or clichés or just right. things not as done well. I actually thought that this was a movie that covered themselves quite quite well uh, quite well because You know, there's the whole thing where it's like, oh, he's going to torture James Bond, leave him to die, but he was about to leave the room, but Bond brings him in. But I think, so eventually you find out that Goldfinger's plan is that he's going to go to Fort Knox, irradiate uh, all the gold, and then basically rendering all the gold in Fort Knox useless and all of the money that he has amassed himself and from other criminal enterprises as the most valuable uh,
0: um, gold in the world. And what's very interesting about that is that Bond mentions basically like, oh, like, because to an extent Bond thinks that he's trying to steal the gold in Fort mm. Knox because that's what he tells all these mobsters that right. he invites. Oh, those mobsters.
1: Where it's like, hey, man, what's going on here? It's like this one you guy with the You owe glass. me a million He's like he's like, hey man, you owe me a million bucks. What's going and they're like the most active participants, like when all the lights are going off. It's like, hey, what are all the lights doing off? You gotta turn the lights back on. It's really dark in hey, here. Hey, I didn't
0: know East Coast was gonna be here. I didn't <laughs> know West Coast was gonna be here either.
1: I didn't know they were gonna be hey, windows.
0: But hey, like Goldfinger just killed like all the American major American mobsters in the United States. Yes, he so like did, he did yeah. a very uh, but anyway, so Bond, uh Basically, calls him out like you can't steal all the gold from Fort Knox. It would take you twelve days with two hundred trucks to, to do it, Right. which is a reference to the fact that in the book, Goldfinger's plan was to steal all the gold out of oh, Fort Knox. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. and one of the big criticisms of the book when it released was like that plan is absolutely impossible, right? Even right. for a bond. Well, villain. I think in in, in a so very basically, rare in a, yeah. So basically, they decided for the film to basically fix that, mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, to make it a more interesting and unique sort of plan.
1: Um, yeah, and I think even – but even more so than that, I think that they came up with good ways for – because one of my criticisms is I do think that at times Bond uh, is put in the position of, oh, he's just kind of like along for the ride but not in an entertaining way a little bit of the time. But I do think that they – justified a reason for why Goldfinger would keep him alive because there's the whole thing where it's like he keeps him alive initially because he doesn't know what Bond knows and then maybe another MI6
0: agent knows and then they can Yeah so basically the idea is that Bond proposes to Goldfinger that if he he knows about Operation Ground Slam Oh yeah uh, the, the, yeah, Operation Grand uh, Slam. Goldfinger's yeah. going to eat all the eggs at Denny's. <laughs> um, but You can't possibly eat all of them, Goldfinger. <laughs> who says I was going to eat them?
1: <laughs> Do you he, expect he, them to scramble, Goldfinger? No, I expect them to fry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, so ba- Okay, once more time. So okay. basically, Bond convinces Goldfinger that he does know about Operation Gla- Grand Slam and that if he dies. Uh, just another MI6 agent will stop him. But if he keeps him alive, he'll make MI6 think that he's doing okay. Right. And so he at least can, you know, bluff his way out of it, which is a, a, another classic Bond trope well, that we'll see a bunch of times. But there's time also that.
1: Again. But the thing that impressed me the most was like there was a little bit of like, listen, I have this bomb. And if like I let you go or if something happens, then I'll just blow up this bomb somewhere else. Right. So I, I thought that they really thought about the mechanics of the of the villain plan a little bit. Um, we're, we're getting to the end, so there's just one. So, big yeah, thing. so we get
0: to the uh, classic introduction line. Yeah, of, uh, so Pussy. we're
1: introduced to Pussy Galore, in which she's like, Oh, what's your name? My name's Pussy Galore. And he's like, I must be dreaming.
0: The original line in the script, when they first said it, which they d- decided not to do because there was no way they were going to get that past the censors, uh, he asks, Who are you? And then she says, I'm Pussy Galore. And he responds, I know you are, but what's your name? <laughs> And so they decided. Yeah, we're already pushing pushing it. P- <laughs> pushing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're already pushing it with the name. I don't yeah. think we need that line in there. I like the character of Pussy Galore up into a certain scene, which we'll talk about. Well, I do love, but, but I-, I like
1: her. I did. You did. You did have to suffer through me joking about like because oh we, we we have already have the name the name never sounds not ridiculous as the movie goes on like it always sounds absurd when somebody's saying it and then apparently
0: apparently it was named after ian fleming's octopus
1: okay (laughs) apparently that's that's Um, what i heard and then it's like and then you and then you know we get introduced to pussy galore's flying circus and it's just like what is going on and it's like all i could think about it's like oh we have boner jones on the trapeze and the talented animal wrangler tits aplenty and then Boris the Clitoris or something like that.
0: Just oh like, my God! Just like all the,
1: these, are all like what? I mean, these were not actual names in the movie. No, no, <laughs> let's make it clear. They they
0: stopped at Pussy Galore, and uh, they tried their best to just stick with that. Yeah. No, but I like I think the see, the thing is I, I like their dynamic for a lot of the movie. I like like that initial scene, like kind of. The femme fatale, the badass, where she just doesn't take any of Bond's shit. But this and, is the.
1: But this is and and again, like this seems to be a running trend with the with these movies. Is like these these characters always start out interesting. Yeah. I don't know what happens, but – well, I know, I what, know happens what happens now because you've talked about the director, and the director, I think, really adamantly saying that this woman's name needs to be Pussy kind of explains, like, how the character is treated later on in the movie. Oh. Because at oh. one point – because at one point, it's like – so they're going on a walk, and they're like, you know, they're, uh, they're going – Yeah, they're They're on Goldfinger's like farm, basically. Yeah, they're just like hideout near Fort Knox. So they go into this uh, barn, and Bond's pulling on the old charm. It's like, you know, the Bond charm where he's like, it's like, are you sure you can't handle a man like me? That's not a line, but uh, along those lines. And then eventually it just kind of turns into this wrestling, this playful wrestling
0: match, which (laughs) is fine.
1: Which is fine. Which is fine. And then it just turns into this weird, just kind of like, forcing himself on pussy galore and then until she finally consents to it i mean not begrudgingly because unfortunately the movie goes on to say it's like oh yeah they're cool with each other and they're into each other but it's just like they they try to play it as this weird it's like oh passion through you know wrestling and physical attraction but it just comes off as like this weird like pinning her arms down and i'm like oh this isn't i don't
0: i love this movie i don't like this i love this movie (laughs) I hate this scene. <laughs> I hate this scene because I get, I, like, I get, no, I get no. in, in the most basic level of the human mind. I get what they were going for. I get that kind of yeah, like they're kind of equal. Like you know that he she throws her. He you know they're having like kind of a playful fight that kind of turns into yeah, kind yeah. of more of a romantic situation. But the way it plays off is just oh, it's directed wrong. Like it's, it, it's it, directed it, yeah. really wrong. And I think you needed to plant some more stuff earlier too like i think the thing is like i think like that scene and that idea could work right. like there's a way to make that work that it's not We're just so... make
1: it be a little bit more clearly they're into each other right yeah i you mean know, there's yeah. a little bit too much of a struggle is and even I'm make saying. it more clear it's not, that like it's not okay because
0: because because there are hints basically basically like goldfinger like is trying to get with pussy yeah uh and uh which that, they don't really play that out. Well, the thing uh, is that's that that well, the thing it's yeah. like that's kind of part of the issue is like she they don't um play that up enough where it's like oh you know she doesn't really have like you know or or, or even if goldfinger treated her more wrong and like bond's more less so like hey you know you you know kind of that sort yeah, of thing yeah. like there's a way to play that and i wish cuz i love the character of pussy galore up to right. that point like it's one of those things where i love their dynamic and i love like her when when bond has his really cheeky escape where he hides like you know on the ceiling and the guy's like where did he go and like and then he she captures him again there and i think there's that dynamic between them that i think is really interesting and a really you know something we'll see with other bond girls in the future i just wish that scene wasn't there or just different because it just makes everything so much weirder especially for the rest of the movie it also stands
1: out because it's not like that area of the movie is very plot set it's a very like it's an aside it's like a weird
0: no it's a i mean and, and it's it's an important part of uh, you know, Bond saving the day is that well, he gets it, her. Plot
1: wise, he dicks the good in her. It's yeah. like what happens because you find as out he that says the reason later,
0: as he says for later in the movie, I, I must have uh, appealed to her, her maternal, maternal instincts. instincts. I'm like, come on, I dude. I know. It's just, like, and it's, also, it's, 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 it's the issue is like, I mean, she does hard to save the day with Fort Knox stuff Mm -hmm. but also she doesn't get that moment at the end like the real hero moment she just kind of does it off screen and like then she just sits there for the the battle and tries not to like be obvious like oh like I don't know what happened yeah you know it's just like it's just a strong start to that character and I just wish. But that I had the same. I again. I had the same
1: thing with the last one too, where it's like I feel yeah. like they Introduced these. Char- I don't know but, why. But I. But I also think that I, like I should save judgment for more movies to see if this is like. A, but th- th- I, it seems to be a trend I notice a lot right. with Bond movies, and I don't un- truly it, understand why. It's
0: like I think it works a little bit better with Tatiana because it just the character. If like if because well, you, you
1: don't have this weird. Well, like, no, but it, but also the thing is it's like it. That's why. The, the other
0: th- that is very true. <laughs> But also because the character tracks, like, her, in yes. terms of her journey, I, yeah, it, it tracks you. a little bit better. The thing about the change in pussy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is, I'm not trying to say that, folks, it's just kind of coming yeah, out. Yeah, I know, there's no way around it, yeah. The, the, the change in pussy's character, uh, it just kind of, there's, there's a hard line to it. There's a hard yeah. line of her being this femme fatale badass in the pantsuits with yeah. the cool hair, yeah. and like, you know, the sexy look, and that sort of thing and then it just kind of goes into nope she's on the good guy side right yeah which, is, which, which is, is fine part of it i think part of it might come from that that doesn't happen in the books but again it's like uh, you in the book, kind of she's telling sta-
1: me about like this guy's like her name needs to be pussy where it's like i want bond to fuck a woman named pussy and then she's going to go on the good side cuz she was she was done really good
0: and i'm like uh, yeah. no it's like it's, a, it's just unfortunate that uh, that that occurs in the um
1: movie. i mean all right well we got to get to the end i mean basically the rest of the movie is bond saves the day <laughs> i mean it's
0: i mean the thing is like I, there it, was that the, moment
1: where i thought they killed a lot of people
0: right cuz the whole plan is that they're going to use this gas and yeah. Bo- goldfinger lies and says oh it knocks you out for 24 hours but it really kills you mm-hmm. and well, like he does
1: there's two things one the terrible falling acting should have t- Tip me off because some yeah. of those soldiers do not fall very well but then when i saw that felix was one of them then i kind of tipped me off and like oh no they're not dead yeah. like they're just uh
0: but then it. you have the classic assault on fort knox which yeah. i think which is good which, that's, is, which that's is really very great good, yeah uh the, the final battle with odd job which again is it's not a lot of fun it's a lot of fun not i think again not as great as the from Russell with love scene but a little like,
1: too long I think well, that I yeah. think because there's only but so many times you can do the Bond throws a punch and Hot Jobs like ha, ha, ha. like you know yeah. what I mean they, they do that a little one too many
0: times no but like, but yeah. I think they have a good chemistry in the fight yes I, I do think, I, like, agree I, think, that. I think I think I love. You know the trope of Bond just getting his butt kicked and then kind of finding a way around it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I and like uh, that. again, um. another one of the other favorite things about this movie. So basically, yeah, Bond wins the day as he stops the timer at 007.
1: <laughs> yes, he does.
0: <laughs> which was a which was a very last minute change. It mm-hmm. really because in the movie they still had the line three ticks and Mr. Goldfinger would have hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was supposed to stop at three, but then uh, Broccoli and Saltzman were like. Seven double oh seven. Uh, but then he gets—he's about to be thanked by the president. Gets on the president's plane, and you have that final little bit. You know, the villain reappears. Yeah, which I really like because a you kind of Goldfinger kind of escapes, and it's like for a moment you kind of almost forget that he's somewhere out there, and mm-hmm. then like he just kind of comes up. Yeah, and then that kind of fight and the plant earlier—it's like oh, if you shoot that in here, the uh the, the cabin will depressurize. Mm-hmm. And then. Goldfinger gets sucked out into yeah. outer space. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, before we get to the aftermath, just my kind of final yeah. views. We got it. We got to yeah. start wrapping yeah. up. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that in terms of the pacing, again, for me, I'm a little more. I don't know if I'm a little more used to this kind of the, the spy nature of it, where it's not necessarily, you know, they still have the middle action beat and kind of the Bond traditional structure, uh, one that would definitely be copied from for two other Bond films. But it's also, you know, very much a, a different dynamic of the the villain versus Bond. Uh, just kind of going place to place trying to one-up each other. Uh, I think that that works a little bit more for me, especially uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little bit more of its episodic nature, which I've always been a huge fan of episodic storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that it just kind of hits me a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, that. So, yeah. And with that, let's I
1: mean, I, I really like this did kind of illustrate that I really like from Russia with Love. Yeah. Yeah,
0: a lot. Oh, so. yeah. So, yeah, the film does release September 17th in the United Kingdom and December 21st in the United States. Uh, The marketing campaign for this film was absolutely huge. Uh, They got two more cars from Aston Martin, uh, one to tour the United States with Shirley Eaton and one to tour the UK. Uh, They made lunchboxes, toy cars, board games, you know, Anything you know? Anything that you could think of merchandising at that time? They started with this one, and so by the time the movie came out, the, the Bond hype was at an all time fever pitch. Uh, in terms of its three million dollar budget, it made its uh, budget back in two weeks, mm-hmm. and it at the time hit the Guinness Book of World Records as the uh, fastest grossing movie. Oh, of all time <laughs> in fact there was one theater in new york city uh that was so there was so much demand to see goldfinger that the theater stayed open for 24 hours with just replaying goldfinger over and over and over nice. again so uh the movie did uh, a very good job at the box office 46 million dollars worldwide uh and 23 of that in the united states alone uh one of the reasons that they did choose goldfinger was because of its presence in the united states with fort knox kind of to say like hey from Us With Love did really well here. Let's do that. Uh and this just blew the From Us With Love box office out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um critically also very very the most well reviewed of the Bond movies. Uh I got some stuff here. Uh the Observer said it was a uh you know the film had a spoofing callousness again, again mm-hmm. that's kind of spoofing nature of it right, yeah. uh that is absurd funny and vile uh the guardian said it was 2 hours of unmissable fantasy the most exciting and the most extravagant of all the bond films garbage from the gods which <laughs> is a great line
1: i uh, i do agree with the whole like this may be s- this movie out of all of them is probably reaching the heights of like oh it being spy fantasy yeah um i still don't get like the whole like spoofing thing i think it still just comes down to that bias of like when you get into like this type of fiction, people just think it's dumb. Yeah, but I, but that's how I feel about that.
0: Oh, uh, so the New York Times was less uh less fan of it, uh, because they said it was a uh, tediously apparent that the Bond franchise was becoming reliant on gadgets with less emphasis on the lush temptations of voluptuous females. Oh, so really? uh, I guess they didn't feel like there was enough. Uh, of female endeavors, yeah. <laughs> in this movie, which is really strange. Not enough, um, not enough galore. <laughs> <for> uh, <them. laughs> you know, uh, he. But they did like uh, Gert Frobe's performance as uh, Goldfinger. Saying Gert Frobe is ap- aptly fat and feral mm-hmm. as the villainous uh, financer, and Honor Blackman is forbiddingly frigid and flashy. They like that F. They use their F. Yeah, there. I like. I like as that. the yeah. latter's uh, aeronautical accomplice. Yeah. So it was very much a well-reviewed film, uh, generally more accepting uh from the critical sense and definitely most accepting from the public sense uh, than the uh, other two before it Mm -hmm. and this also was the first bond film to win the uh an oscar for best sound effects so interesting
1: um, yeah so uh yeah third bond film down uh for me um good not great For me, uh, it doesn't doesn't quite uh, I think for me, it doesn't quite maintain the energy that some of the other ones did. I know like and that's why I don't know where it lands, because my criticism of Dr. No was like, despite there being like these big stakes, like the ending, like the energy Mm -hmm. was kind of lacking. And so it kind of so it was a little bit of that. It just didn't. And despite what was going on, it didn't quite grab me with the characters, which work. But, you know, are kind of
0: don't Um, don't work all the time. In terms of a, a general like legacy of it, uh, for, for, you know, this is interesting that we've we've come to this uh, discussion because for people who don't find From Rush with Love as the best font film, mm-hmm. many of them will say Goldfinger mm-hmm. is up there. Yeah. Uh, this was the first film that Pierce Brosnan ever saw, and he still holds it up as one of his favorite films. Uh, same thing with uh, another Bond, George Lazenby, and uh, one famous director mr steven spielberg okay uh, right. credits uh, goldfinger as one of his early inspirations uh for film and he loves the film so much that uh mr, well, mr. spielberg mean, uh, actually owns uh aston martin db5 because of the movie does have the raiders
1: quality of bond kind of not doing anything most of the time yeah <laughs> i mean it does it, it has that
0: and sure uh i would definitely again I, I said before for me personally uh i've seen this bond film probably more than any other Mm -hmm. and it's still one of my favorites and i still love watching it in an earlier age i would have said it's my favorite as the times goes on i definitely and especially now having seen them pretty pretty much back to back i think from russia with love is the better movie and as of now my favorite bond movie is from russia with love Uh, again we'll see if that changes as the uh, podcast goes on i will still hold this up very high in my bond rankings Although I would be very interested to see, because in general you kind of it was in the top two, top three all the time. Goldfinger. I'll be very interested to see if it kind of falls. I still think it'll be in the top five at the end of the day, uh, but I almost can't guarantee that. And I definitely feel like it. It didn't. I love this movie. It didn't hit me as hard as it has in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still high hold it in high regard as one of the best of the Bond franchise. All right,
1: so that's Goldfinger. And as uh, the credits of this movie say, next time we will see James
0: Bond in Thunderball. Yes, and next time Thunderball, we will finally get to the saga of Kevin McClory. And we'll finally, <laughs> after these episodes of teasing and uh, contemplating what might be that saga and what might be all the legal mumbo-jumbo that surrounds Thunderball, we'll finally get some answers. (laughs) You said a lot of
1: words that just blended in together. We'll finally know what the deal is with Thunderball. And maybe Uh, we'll even know
0: what a Thunderball
1: is. Who knows? But before then, we are going to be going in our next episode back to Godzilla, in which Godzilla will be facing off against a very familiar foe. But until then, where can we find the podcast?
0: Oh, we can find the podcast at uh, our Twitter page, Bonzilla 007, or facebook.com slash Bonzilla 007, SoundCloud slash Bonzilla 007, and on iTunes. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, We definitely love hearing your opinions, and we definitely love knowing that you're involved with the podcast. We're very happy that you listen, so go on and check us out. Give us a rating or review. All right, and until next time, that is it. And that's the way the news goes.